friends, so today we are going to be getting into this book, what the New Testament authors really cared about, and we are going to be looking at Luke's perspective. So who wrote the Gospel of Luke? It says, while anonymous, both the third gospel and the Acts of the Apostles are attributed to Luke by church tradition and manuscripts dating to the second century. Luke was a Gentile physician and a co-worker of the Apostle Paul. We learn this in Colossians 4.14, Philem 24.2, and 2 Timothy 4.11. As a Gentile, possibly from Antioch in Syria, who lived a long time in the Gentile city of Philippi, from Acts 16.11 and 12 until Acts 25-6. Luke showed particular interest in Gentiles, while at the same time not neglecting Christianity's Old Testament roots. The Gospel of Luke was written to, it says, both of Luke's books were expressly dedicated to the otherwise unknown person, Theophilus, from Luke 1.3 and Acts 1.1. Perhaps Luke's patron who paid his publishing expenses but like other book dedications, both ancient and modern, this did not limit the readership. When was the book of Luke written? While some suggest that each gospel is simply a written collection of stories believers told about Jesus, oral tradition, Luke said he used other written works in his research. Luke tells us this in Luke 1, 1 through 4 which states, many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things that have been taught. So that gives us a little bit of insight on where they got the information that they gave us. Moving on, it says, since Luke's gospel follows much of the same format and wording from Mark and Matthew, these three are called the synoptic gospels because they view together Jesus's life. It seems likely that Luke wrote the other synoptic gospels, especially the shorter, more rough gospel of Mark. Luke most likely wrote both his gospel and the sequel book of Acts prior to AD 64. It says for more information, see the chapter on Acts. As for the where the book of Luke took place, it says such places as Alexandria, Antioch, Caesarea and Rome have all been suggested as possible locations for Luke and his first readers when he was writing his gospel. The anti-Marcionite prologue, 2nd century, suggests somewhere in Achaia, southern Greece. As for the why, it says, like the other New Testament gospels, the gospel of Luke is something of a specialized biography that Luke wrote as a confirmation of belief in Jesus Christ, so that you may know the certainty of the things that you have been taught. 
Luke's special themes of interest include God's plan and activity, Jesus as the Savior for all people, the Holy Spirit, prayer, changed lives, stories of marginalized people, women, Gentiles, government officials, and wealth, poverty. All right, so let's get into this chapter four written by Douglas S. Huffman. So in the very first of the chapter, Douglas lists a few carefully crafted verses from Luke. This is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. This is Luke 9.35. And then the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Luke 19.10. So this first section here is called Luke in his Gospel Accurately Reported Real Historical Events. Luke's two New Testament books, the Gospel of Luke and the Acts of the Apostles, are clearly historical in nature. But why did Luke write these books? As a careful author, Luke began his writing with a clear explanation of what he planned to record. That's from chapter 1, verse 1 through 4 of Luke. Then, as he wrote, he highlighted his concern for historical accuracy by using the following devices, naming historical figures and events, referencing crowds of witnesses, recording a genealogy and family relationships, and naming real places. With his goal of confirming faith in Jesus, Luke wrote about historical events in historical places that his readers would have been able to verify. And then there's a graph here, it's called Luke at a Glance, and it shows infancy narratives was chapters one through two, preparation of ministry is chapters three through four, ending at verse 13 in chapter four. Early ministry is four, verse 14, all the way to nine, verse 50. The travel narrative is from chapter nine, verse 51, all the way to chapter 19, verse 27. Jesus in Jerusalem is chapter 19, verse 28 through 23. And then the resurrection is chapter 24. Some scholars, though, have questioned Luke's historical accuracy, especially those who assume a late date for Luke's writings. In recent decades, however, a renewed respect for Luke's historical accuracy has been supported by demonstrations that Luke's theological interest do not rule out historical reliability. Experts in diverse fields have judged various details of Luke's work to be accurate. Archaeology, the sea voyages of Acts, ancient Roman law, and Luke's description of Paul's activities compared to Paul's self-descriptions in his own letters. One example of Luke's detailed accuracy is his use of correct political titles in a variety of settings. Caesar Augustus over the entire Roman world, Tetrarch for Herod Antipas, but King for Herod the Great, Herod Agrippa I and Herod Agrippa II, Proconsul in Cyprus, Magistrates in the Roman colony of Philippi. Just realized I've been saying that wrong. It's Philippi, my bad. City officials or lit politarchs in Thessalonica, officials, city clerk, and proconsuls in Ephesus, and the chief 
official of the island in Malta. Getting every single title correct would have been very difficult in his day, given Luke's vast geographical and chronological coverage in his Gospel and Acts. Yet there is no known place where Luke was incorrect or out of date in his use of these titles. This level of accuracy on these detailed points inclines us to trust Luke's accuracy on other points. Luke showed that Christianity is based on real historical events because an accurate understanding of theology is based upon an accurate understanding of history. The real historical events he recorded were part of a greater unfolding series of events orchestrated by God. The really cool thing about this book that I am reading in is that it has pictures. Um, so I have created an Instagram for my podcast and I will be putting pictures um, from the book on my Instagram. So if you are interested in looking at those photos, go follow my Instagram page and you will see them there. I say this because it has this beautiful picture of uh, Beth Sheen, the capital of Decapolis, that I am going to be posting tonight. Okay, this next section is called Luke in his Gospel identified Jesus as God's unique son. If, for Luke, Jesus was the central person of history, then exactly who was Jesus? Luke constructed the first half of his gospel with several different characters asking about Jesus' identity, i.e., who is this man? Luke wanted his readers to ask the same question so they would find its correct answer. Indeed, just before the turning point of the story, the voice of God clearly announced the definitive answer to the question of Jesus' identity. This is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. From chapter 9, verse 35. Not only did Luke provide other direct identifications of Jesus, found in Luke chapter 1, verse 31 and 32, Luke chapter 3, verse 22, and Luke chapter 9, verse 20. But he also showed several unique things about Jesus. The last section we're going to read today is called Unique Fulfillment of Scripture. Luke was concerned to show that the Christian faith was deeply rooted in the Old Testament faith of the Hebrew people. In addition to quoting the Old Testament, particularly the Greek translation of the Old Testament, called the Septuagint, Luke sometimes wrote in a biblical style, that is, he mimicked the language, imagery, symbolism, and even the writing styles of the Old Testament authors. For Luke, Jesus was the Savior promised by the Old Testament, and Jesus' story should be told in a biblical manner. Luke listed many Old Testament prophecies that were fulfilled by Jesus. Examples given from Luke chapter 4, 16 through 21, where he is quoting Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 and 2. Luke chapter 7, verse 10 through 23, where he's again quoting Isaiah. Chapter 29, verses 18 through 19. Chapter 35 of Isaiah, verses 5-6. And then 61 of Isaiah, verse 1. Chapter 7 of Luke, verse 27, where he's quoting Malachi. Chapter 3, verse 1. Luke chapter 22, verse 37, where he's quoting Isaiah chapter 53 verse 12 and Luke chapter 18 31 through 33 but Luke also went so far as to claim that Jesus was the one about whom the Old Testament was written 
and that God's plan for history reached a climax in the Jesus event. Chapter 24, verse 25 through 27, and 44 through 47. Acts chapter 3, verse 18 through 26, chapter 10, verse 43, chapter 26, verse 22, and 23. Thus, it was important to Luke not only to root the early Christians' faith in the Old Testament faith, but also to show that it was also the full flowering of the Old Testament faith. So that's going to wrap up the sections for today. We'll continue tomorrow. I hope that you guys enjoyed this little bit of knowledge, and I hope that you go check out the Instagram page so that you can follow me in this book and be able to see the beautiful pictures. I hope everyone has a great day, and till next time.